Hello, everybody. This is John Steinrich, your host of the God and Government podcast, and welcome to the Free Speech Zone. And on the line, I have with me my wingman, Mark Richardson. How's it going, Mark? I am the original dog face pony soldier. <laughs> you were telling me um, you, you created a whole song about that. Could you give the people a few notes of the tune? Yeah, I was just, I was doing my patrols and all of a sudden it just, in my head, it just went, I'm a dog face pony soldier on the battlefield. I'm a dog face pony soldier on the battlefield. My dog face pony soldier on the battlefield. And I know what I know. Everybody. Everybody. That's great. In all the woke churches, that would be really great to, to sing, I think. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty excited today, Mark, because um, the, the guest that we have today is the type of guest uh, which is more rare uh, or more difficult to locate than a Yeti in the middle of a Himalayan snowstorm. Uh, Wait, yeah. no, you don't actually mean you found. Yes, I did. I found one. Can you take a guess at what I'm talking about? Hmm. I'm going to say I'm going to go with. Black conservative for two hundred bill. You you absolutely got it right there. <laughs> uh, we're we're very very uh, honored that we have found a gentleman who's willing to share his experience and ideas in in this domain as a, a black conservative American. So before I introduce him, I want to do sort of a little bit of a preface. We um, I came up with a title for this episode. I'm calling it "Is Change Going to Come?" with a question mark. And that's a plan words of the old Sam Cooke song, A Change is Going to Come, which was written in the early 60s, you know, as a civil rights anthem. And he was looking very positive and hopefully towards what would come later in the civil rights movement and getting rid of segregation. And it was a very positive, forward-thinking message. And, but since that time, things have changed. But I, I'm starting to ask, is change going to come now in a different and maybe not so colorblind way. Um, and, you know, from your experience, you know, also being a black conservative, what, what, what is your sense on the ground of what's happening? Is change happening in our racial uh, discourse? What, what do you see is going on now? Change is, well, change is happening, but, but it's happening backwards. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, look at, I look at the civil rights movement and I look at the like the civil rights heroes that gave up their that basically gave their lives in order to, for men is like many blacks and whites to have an like really to have a a uh, not only a dialogue but a society in which we were we were colorblind. Yeah. You know, as, you know, like Martin Luther, you know, like Martin Luther King talked about the content of our character rather than the color of our skin. But for reasons that I'm still trying to figure out. We have gone exactly done a complete 180, and we're heading into we're we're basically sailing back towards the 30s and 40s. Mm. We'll get with Jim Crow, our self segregation, and just general. I don't even want to call it idiocy, but because I'm trying to figure out what happened to our brains. When when, when did our brains break? And, and we and, and now color is basically the main topic of every part of our conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know, Martin Luther King looked forward to the day when, uh, you know, people would be judged by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. And when I turn on the news or social media, everything is color, 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 race, race, race. It's pretty scary. 
Um, I wanted to just reference an article that I have here by DeRoy Murdoch, who's a, a black conservative writer and, and thinker. And the title of it is pretty shocking. He says, Democrat left's critical race theory pre black failure. So that's a pretty bold statement. Then he goes in the first this critical race theory may be the Democrat left's filthiest, ugliest, big lie. It defines America as inherently and irredeemably bigoted, denounces all whites as racial oppressors, and diminishes all blacks as racially oppressed victims. Lies, lies, lies. That's what that's what he says. And I think the worst of these lies is the idea that Americans are racially oppressed indefinitely and permanently. And I think he's right with this. I think that's a terrible damage. What do you think? Yeah, it's I it, it's so it's so hard. I mean, I was I was reading this article and I was just getting so frustrated because I'm sitting back going, so it's so we it's almost like a very it's a schizophrenic kind of behavior, especially among blacks. Mm-hmm. Like, like you 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 hear all these black black men and black women, reasonable people, talking about like the strength of blacks and the history behind blacks, but yet, and and then in the same breath, they're only too happy to embrace this victimhood mindset mm. in which they 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 can't get over. Hey, I'm strong, but the but the boot of the white man keeps me down. And you, you kind of scratch your head and go, well, wait a minute, you know. I haven't seen. Have you been hit with a fire hose recently? Mm. Has your house been firebombed? Have you yeah. been attacked by German shepherds? I, last time I checked, you, you're able to walk out of your house, walk down the street, get on a bus, sit in the front. You know, it's like go. It's like go to go to a go to any store. Yeah. Go through the front. You're not going through the back. You can drink for a water fountain. Of course, people are paranoid about doing that now. <laughs> but it's still, but it's still the idea that. Where is this? Where is this mindset coming from? I don't know. And why is it being implemented? Yeah. Well, I think when you described as schizophrenic, that that is that's true, and and I think, anyways, really harms Black America very badly. So we're going to get into our discussion with our guests now. So let me give a little introduction. Uh, Sam Tolley is a Christian apologist who earned his theology degree from Trinity Bible College. Uh, he's had an extensive business career in banking and real estate management. And now he's dedicated to the field of apologetics with an emphasis in helping people of faith understand that their voting habits need to follow their spiritual values rather than the influence of culture. So, Sam Tolley, welcome to the God and Government podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. Glad to be here, John. Well, thank Mark. you very much. I appreciate you, know, you coming on. I've, I've looked at a lot of your uh, social media posts, your videos. And the way you use scripture to encourage people to rethink their voting habits, that really struck me. That's exactly what Mark and I want want to do with our podcast. So um, I, I wanted to ask you, for our listeners, could you give a little bit of a background on, you know, what's your his, personal history um, and how you came about to get to the point of being a Christian apostle and a conservative politically? Okay, well, like most black folks, I grew up with the ideology that I was inherently a Democrat. Mm. I I didn't think anything about it. Um, I claimed to the Lord probably when I was about 13, but unfortunately, I strayed shortly thereafter and just went off into my worldview. 
toward the end uh, of in school in 1970, to give you an idea, mm -hmm. age-wise, well, I'll, I'll be 69 this year, uh, God willing, come October. Amen. But toward the end of the 80s, a couple of things changed me drastically. Uh, the first thing was I started taking my uh, walk with God seriously. I mean, I've always believed in I Like I said, I had that point in time I walked away. And then when I decided to come back to God, I was confronted with all kinds of different things. I had a cousin mm -hmm. that was a Jehovah Witness, and they were saying that this is the way to go. And I knew people that were in all kinds of different denominations and all kinds of stuff. I believe the word of God, but I knew that there were different cults out there and different problems. So I made a uh, commitment with myself, as it were. Mm -hmm. I said, and God, I said, okay, I believe that the, the Bible is the word of God. And if the Bible is the word of God, it will stand up to anything. Mm. And if it won't stand up to anything, then I don't want it. Now, making, now making that commitment, uh, I knew off the top that if I'm going to be able to ascertain whether it can stand or not, I need to know the Bible. Mm -hmm. The Bible, I need to be able to differentiate between uh, right and wrong as best as humanly possible. So anyway, I went about the understanding of getting to learn the Bible more. And then I also started noticing that the, the more closer to walking with God or line up with his ways, the more I started noticing that the Democratic Party didn't seem to necessarily be walking that way. Mm. <laughs> In those days, they were talking about decentralizing uh, marijuana in California, and, and they were always, I think this was after, well, pretty much it was after 1973, so the Democratic Party and their platform going back in the 70s and until the day affirms abortion, whereas the Republican Party affirmed, and I'm trying to understand these differences, whereas the party I'm supposed to be a party to, not a party I'm supposed to be a party to, is lining up adversely to the word of God. And mm -hmm. the ones that I'm supposed to hate, the ones that are supposed to be evil, are, are predominantly not. So that caused me searching and studying um, politics as well. And then I was watching the end of the Reagan term. And as I started watching him more, it was like, golly, this guy doesn't seem like the, the evil devil they claim he is. Yeah. So I started studying history. You know, this was before the Internet was wide open and all this other stuff. I had to go to libraries and stuff. And then I discovered that, in fact, it was the Democratic Party that was a party of slavery, mm. the party of Jim Crow, the party of uh, the Klan, yeah. who was an enforcement arm of it, and, and all this stuff. And, <laughs> and, and, and they led me to assume growing up that it was the opposite. Wow. And, and so the more I found out about it, the more intrigued I was. And then I... I mean, I've been bamboozled. This wow. was in the late 80s. I said, and I was so excited once I realized that I was, <clears throat> that I understood that I was deceived, that I wanted to share it with people. Wow. And when I, and, and what struck me, what really struck me, uh, when I went to go talk to several black people, most of them didn't want to hear what I had to say. Wow. I was, you know, there, there were either the ones that, said I didn't know what I was talking about 
or the ones that were so locked in their the mentality, they didn't want to know what I was talking about. Wow. So, yeah. That and the fact that uh, the more I studied the Bible, the more I wanted to get into apology. Um, and that pretty much led me away from being a Democrat because there was, I just couldn't line up with those belief systems anymore. Wow, that, that's that's amazing testimony, Sam. Uh, Mark and I have talked a lot about this too, and I think Mark similar sort of conversion or change in the 80s, didn't you? I'm sorry? I was, I was asking Mark if he had a, oh. uh, a change in the 80s as well. Uh, it's like, yeah, actually, actually, mine, I think mine actually kicked in. It, it kicked, it's like, it's funny, actually, I think mine kicked in right around the time of the, uh, of the space program. I mean, I, I was a little, I was a little young then, but as I, 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 right, as I got older and I started working, I, it's like, for some, it's like, I don't know what it, what it's like, if there was a specific event that triggered me, but something just felt wrong about, about the Democratic Party. It's like, it, it felt like, it felt as if, I felt as if voting for a Democrat, I felt like a thumb being placed on me, mm. as if there was like something trying to, something not allowing me to move forward and grow. Yeah. And mm. and as and as I got older, I just kind of realized, you know what? I don't I don't like Democrats. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. If you read Sam's Facebook page, you probably would uh, would concur with uh, his some of his views. <laughs> But I, you know, it was, yeah, it was full on Dr. Seuss. You know, like no, Sam, I am. I, it's like, <laughs> right? That, hey, I like Dr. Seuss. Yeah. I still do. <laughs> yeah, the whole notion of of really doing the the hard work and the examination and looking and seeing the the values of a party and the history of a party and where they come from, um, to me, makes a a whole lot of difference in, in your voting choices. And so it's interesting that you know you you did that hard work, Sam, before you could just Google everything and. Uh, you also mentioned, you know, you got some pushback when you started to bring these ideas out. Um, and I'm, I'm going to take a guess that you get a lot of pushback online today. Is that the case? Yeah, occasionally. Well, well most of my friends, yeah. uh, they know where I stand and they don't push as hard as they used to. Mm. Uh, the trolls will definitely come at me with all kinds of nonsense. But, mm. you know, when you look, if you have the truth, the truth is going to set you free. And, and yeah. the fact of it is, is if you are a Christian, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you can't worry about people um, pushing against you because mm. he said if they hated me, they're going to hate you, too. No, so what's the problem? If they love you, then you're, you're missing something. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you know, the, the Bible does stand on its own. And, and you've mentioned it, you know, that that's being sort of the, the critical tool that helped you move away from your, you know, your old patterns or feeling like you, you know, you're born into being a Democrat, but you became a free thinker after really reading the Bible. So I'm going to go into scripture because we, we like to get our topics based on scripture. And I'm going to read a verse here um, in Galatians chapter three, where Paul writes, there is, uh, is verse 28, there is neither jew nor greek there is neither slave nor free there is neither male or female for you are all one in christ i really love this verse because when I read it it looks to me like every ethnic group male and female rich and poor any person around the world no matter what color you are we're all equally valuable in the sight of god right that's the biblical doctrine so mm -hmm. any 
any political doctrine, social doctrine, educational doctrine, religious doctrine, to meet one group of people, um, to, to support another group or elevate another group, in my view, is contradictory to scripture, right? And we know from history, you go back in time, and in the slavery days, the segregation days, you had white Americans misusing scripture, mishandling it in order to oppress black Americans. But it was white Christians and black Christians in those days that called this heresy and we and we made segregation illegal, right? Um, but now we're looking and we're seeing this thing called critical race theory coming up uh, as popular is really gaining traction in schools, in government institutions, in the media and so forth. And when I look at this, I'm like, I don't see progress here. I see this as being regressive. So, Sam, I was wondering <laughs> if you knew anything about critical race theory or what about it. And, and can you explain to our listeners what it is and, and why this is so dangerous for black Americans, really all Americans? Well, I'll give you a couple of definitions. One from the uh, uh, UCLA School of Public Affairs, and I'll just briefly say critical race theory or CRT recognizes that racism in the fabric and system of American society. Mm. CRT identifies that these power structures are based on white privilege and white supremacy, which perpetrates the marginalization of people of color. Now, there's also this fellow named Richard uh, Delgado, who was a proponent of CRT. Mm -hmm. He has four prepositions, uh, four, but I'm gonna give you two. One of them is racism is normal. The usual way society does business, the common everyday experience, of, excuse me, racism way society does business, the common everyday experience of most people of color. And then you got this thing called convergence theory. Racism advanced the interests of both white elites and working class whites. Large segments of society have little to eradicate it. This means whites are incapable of righteous actions on race and only undo racism when it benefits them, when their interests converge with the interests of people of color. Mm. Now, now, I'm going to give you my definition yeah. of critical race theory. Critical race theory is nothing more than another satanic vehicle designed to separate people from God and each other. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I like your definition better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, when you look at what they did, as far as how it's dangerous for Black people, it will not help racial situation. It's going to worsen it. Yeah, that's all. That's all it's capable of doing. I mean, by declaring white people incapable of righteous actions, we're also nullifying the Bible because it says in Genesis chapter one verse twenty six, God in His own image. Yeah, and we're also by declaring white people incapable of righteous actions, you are you are saying that really black people are superior to them. So instead of equality, you're reversing the whole thing. It's, it's reverse racism. Well, I would I agree completely. I mean, there's some terms that you read in there that are really stunning. This the concept of white privilege, 
the concept that racism is the normal everyday affair of black Americans today. Um, I mean, these these things are, are very radical and, and dangerous. And Mark and I have definitely talked about all this stuff and we're, we're befuddled by it. And we see it uh, coming out in the church. I don't know, Mark, if you had any feedback on that or want to ask any questions, because I'm floored by all this. <sighs> I know my my mouth my mouth my jaw hangs open when 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 I hear this because it's a for the life of me I can't figure out why it's like why this this idea is being pushed forward as 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 an idea of solving racism by 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 basically saying well you know we solved the problem of racism all whites is all whites are racist all blacks are oppressed the end <laughs> yeah. And, and and it, and it doesn't it doesn't leave, it, it's like it just on its own just if you sit down well you know what what it is I just realized this as well one of the things that critical race theory as well as the Americans as the American left they love to do they love to toss these theories up in the word salad yes and and and, and they basically put these nonsensical terms or you know just like intersectionality and basically it's like you know they they'll 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 try to ex- They'll exposition out their critical race theory, and, and and by the time you get finished listening to it, you're like, "Wait, what did you just say?" Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, the the word salad is quite uh, quite amazing, and this this idea that you know white people can only be they they can't not be racist, and they only will fight against racism if it benefits them. You know, I think about Ruby Bridges, you know, back in the early 60s. I mean, did did her teacher, you know, did that benefit her to stand up? I think the woman's name was Barbara Henry. You know, did it did it benefit her in Deep South to, you know, stand up and say, no, I'll be I'll be Ruby's teacher. I I don't think so. I mean, these are absurd um, nihilistic assertions. And and when you say reverse racism and, you know, we've we've. I think you're right. We're moving from a paradigm of believing that white supremacy uh, can only be countered with black supremacy. That's outrageous. What do you think? Are you talking to me? Yeah. yeah. I actually, I don't think that, I think that this is, like I said, I think it's a ploy to continue racial strife on purpose. Mm. I think they want black inferiority to be a continuous mindset Mm. and, and black suppression i mean it's amazing when you look at it ever since the so-called world on poverty in the 1960s that decimated the black family with this grip the democratic party has on the it is not wanted to let the black family go and Mm. many folks in the black family just keep well i'm a democrat my mom was a democrat so i vote democrat And, and all democrats do it's just like what charles barkley said Black folks been voting Democrats for 50 years and they're still poor. Mm. So, so I think basically this is just another weird way of keeping folks with the mindset that the white man's got me down and I'm going to stay down. So I refuse to have the mindset that anybody's going to hold me down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if the that black folks couldn't achieve this country, then all these black immigrants would not be achieving to come from a different worldview and a different cultural aspect when they get over here. Yeah, it, it's a tool. It's a tool 
uh, it's a satanic tool, it's a tool of division, and it's a tool to keep people polarized. I mean, what are the political system by and large now, they want to legalize drugs. You keep people anesthetized, you keep them from thinking. Mm. And then when they want you to think, they don't want you to think logically, they want you to think emotionally. And when you think emotionally, your logic, your reason, all that stuff goes out the window. Mm -hmm. That's why today we, we will, we'll, you know, even though this person was killed in a, in, a, in a brutal way, we celebrate George Floyd as a hero when he's not a hero. Mm. And, and they make him this big. When no one knows um, Heather Sutton. And mm. Heather Sutton was a 12, a uh, seven year old girl that was shot in 2012 in Chicago. Mm. No one knows her because that doesn't fit the narrative and, and black folks killing black folks all day long is not relevant. Mm. So, yeah. I, anyway, I, always... I kind of went on a tangent. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, you know, you, you are you are you're touching very raw nerves, you know, and stuff that Mark and I have talked about quite frequently. You know, the 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 um, the division, the divisiveness, the ideology you know, toxifying our, our discourses is just really difficult. Um, so let me let me move on here. I want to go to another uh, biblical passage here to lead us to another question. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 17, uh, verses 10 through 12. And uh, this says, The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away to Berea, and when they arrived, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Jews there were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were true. Uh, many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. I, I read that because, you know, I think a lot of our listeners um, and people of Christian faith are going to be very familiar with that passage and the concept of being a Berean, right? Which is really just the, the character quality of doing your homework. You know, when a teaching is given to you or a doctrine is given to you or a political platform, really doing your homework um, and learning about it for yourself, not just taking the information in without critical examination. Um, and as relates to our topic, you know, you were mentioning this too, Sam, that uh, black Americans by and large, 50, 60, 70 years or more have been voting very large numbers um, for the democratic party. Um, and, and, you know, when you look at the facts and figures, you see that really since the sixties, that, that percentage is in the 80 to 90% range is an overwhelming majority and yet at the same time despite you know giving their votes in the vast majorities to the democratic party um we hear that things are just terrible for black americans you know despite the fact that they voted for the democratic party and that party cities um and and the district where they they live and that for whom they've voted and of course, you you know you did the research and you saw the history of the Republican Party as the party, the anti-slavery party, you know the 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 pro-civil rights uh, from at least from a legal perspective. So we know that there's this 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 break of understanding. So here's my question, Sam. <laughs> a couple: Are Black Americans in general aware of the practical consequences of the policies of the Democratic Party that they've been voting for all these years? And if so, if they are aware, why is it? that you see this massive 80 to 90% voting block in the direction of the Democratic Party. Oh man, that is I hit you with a you know, if I could if I if I could take care of that one, we'd all be sitting high and mighty right now. But yeah. you know, 
let me let me let me regress a little bit. Yeah. I used to watch the news a lot. And I used to think, wow, you know, growing up in Southern California watching Jerry Dunphy and all these other folks. I say those people in the Soviet Union, you know, they're listening to propaganda. They're and all this stuff, but we get the real news. Mm. And and it's everything that I got was true. And, mm. and and as I grew older, particularly these days, one thing that President Trump brought out was the fact of the total bias of the news and the indoctrinations that they, <laughs> along with the uh, 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 the schools and a bunch of other stuff, are perpetuating on society. Yep. So so and and the pulpit, even Margaret Sanger back in her day was hiring black to keep black folks in line. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, of, of propaganda. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of programming going on. There's, there's a lot of this stuff where a lot of people don't know, but there, then there are people that do know. Mm. Not enough people know, and not enough people are willing to stand up. And as, as it states in Matthew 15, 8 and 9, it said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, for they worship me in vain, teaching the doctrines of human commands. Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of people that just go along with pastor. So-and-so said, I vote this way mm. or, or, or they like your, your fly by night, uh, so-called civil rights leader that comes in there and get paid and, and, and perpetrates a fraud. But that's another story. So mm. there are more people now than ever that are speaking out. And I mm. think that we have to keep speaking out because if we don't keep speaking out, um, I mean, they want to silence us. You, you, you know, on so social media, many of these platforms, I think I'm being shadow banned half the time. And I know there's a lot of folks out there, but I've learned that there are mm. many more people that are willing to say what needs to be said and talk over the plantation uh, gatekeepers. Mm. Wow. So I, I think we have a shot. I'm, I'm going to shut down and run wild on your question. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, yeah. Oh, Really? But yeah, the, the vote, the Democrat, I, I, I think many more black folks voted this last election than before. And by the way, uh, like I said, talk about the media and their control. Uh, if we want to believe that 81 million people voted for Mr. Biden, over 75 million, which would have been the most in history, voted for Mr. Trump. Mm -hmm. And many of those were black folks after he said what the hell do you have to lose? <laughs> and because many folks realize that they didn't have nothing to lose. Mm. You know, and just like I'm sure you guys even realize, even Ice Cube got out there and, and, and they tried to hand us behind to him mm. because he was listening to both sides. And I think there's more people that are starting to wake up and understand, hey, uh, you know, we, we can't go back that way no more. So I think it's going to get better as far as the percentage of black folks in total democratic domination is it can't go nowhere but down yeah uh, well i i would think so you know if it, at some point after decades and decades and decades of unresolved problems as the media would kind of show us uh you 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 think that people say okay maybe i should just at least be a little bit more cautious and not just automatically make this voting choice like I've done every cycle before because nothing's changed. <laughs> and and Mark also has a, a significant uh, issue with the media and the propaganda. <laughs> so Mark, maybe you want to comment on that. Oh, my, my, my ax is large and sharp towards the, and I grind it constantly regarding the media, <laughs> but, at, but at, at the at the same time too, Sam, like my, my, 
puzzlement towards blacks voting in mass Democrat, it, it, it's a it's a head scratcher to me. I mean, I, I'll give you the prime like one of my many rants with John is the prime example is Maxine Waters. Mm. Man, that, mm-hmm. Maxine Waters has been has been in office since the dawn of the dinosaurs, and <laughs> and I kind of sit here and I wonder. And you go through her district, and you start asking yourself simple questions. You're, you're it's like, okay, let's see, where's the Target? Where's the Saks? Where, where 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 are these glistening shopping malls? Where 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 are these office towers? Where where is this where's this revital revitalization of the district that you're in, in which all like many blacks should be is like should have risen up, you know, a way upper middle class where you have brand new homes and subdivisions and development going in, and you look and you say it's the exact opposite, and you and you you want to ask people, well, wait a minute, if she represents you. And you're sitting here in this depressed, the depressed area that that there that there's no revitalization going on. Why do you keep voting for a person who doesn't have your best interests at heart? Mm-hmm. And and in turn, you get this open hostility, as if you're saying, "Well, wait a minute, you know." It's like it's not, it's almost as if I, I talked about their mama. It's like no, I'm just simply asking questions. But instead, there's like this refusal. I, I you know I think it's I think it's a bit of ego. I think there I think blacks have this block in their in their minds as if if they decided to not vote democrat they would be going against their families mm-hmm. they, they, they would like it's almost like they, they would be they would be traitors to their family by voting more more towards a common sense profile than an emotional profile mm. i think the word is pro mm. and that is the number one sin that's been destroying all of us for a, a long time. I mean, Mark, what you said, it, it reminded me back before uh, the same-sex marriage was legalized and I was ranting and raving. I was talking to my brother-in-law and I said, because he's a star, I said, we need your help. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, you don't believe in this stuff. I said, we, we, we black conservatives need you, black Democrats help. You know what he told me? He said, oh, well, you, you, you Republicans ain't gonna let it happen. <laughs> So he wouldn't take a stand on a moral issue that he believed in. Oh yeah, he marriage between a man and a woman, but but see, it's almost like you know, like he, like 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 Mark was saying. I mean, yeah. the, you know, voting against the Democratic Party is like voting against your mama, or you know, in actuality, is voting against your God mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. The, the stance that these folks have for that party. Super the party and pigmentation, I think, in that in that line, mm. and part plus pigmentation. Oh, you know, it's beyond reproof. I mean, just like with Obama, you know, when he stood up in front of Planned Parenthood and said, "God bless you," you would think uh, a, a, a Christian Democrat would have fell out of his chair and renounced all of them. Mm. But of course, they didn't say anything. Oh, exactly, because the re- the reason why is because there there there's this there's this. Re- ridiculous stigma we if you, if you decide to stand up and go oh um yeah obama um you're you're sitting here basically you're basically justifying murder and 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 you're sitting here and signing off on it mm. but 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 to say that especially from if you're white you're like you would be tarred and feathered with the racist tag mm-hmm. and, and if you and, and if you were black you know oh you oh you uncle tom <coughs> oh you oh you sell out you know how 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 dare you think for yourself mm. 
Yeah, it's too bad they don't know who Uncle Tom really was. No, if they, they don't. read the book, they try yeah. to think of a different name. Yeah, he's a Christian hero, quite honestly. Um, That's right. it, it, you know this. You know, and this does come back to the the idea of the being a Berean. What what you guys are both describing is that uh, it's sort of um, emotion, um, sort of family loyalty, historical loyalty. You know, seem to supersede any any kind of effort to uh, dig in and become a Berean and and sort of challenge challenge the narrative and be a free thinker. And I I think to me that that's the the saddest reality. It's not so much that I, I would look at Black Americans say, ah, you know what, you gotta you know not be a Democrat. You must be a Republican or a conservative. I I would just say, wouldn't it be better for everyone of all colors to be a free thinker? Think through the issues, learn the issues, and make your choice based on fact, knowledge, and the Bible, as opposed to, well, mom, dad, my community, whatever, it's been this way since the 60s. I just don't think that's a healthy way of going about making policy choices or voting choices. I don't know what you guys think about that. Um, many of my Democrat friends seem to get this crazy idea that my number one loyalty is to the Republican Party. And I said, you guys don't have a clue. My mm. number one loyalty is to God Almighty. The Republican yep. Party went sideways. I had stepped them aside too. I said, yep. I said, I said, since politics and theology govern every aspect of your life, yeah. either your politics is going to govern your theology or your theology is going to govern your politics. Mm. And I choose to have my theology govern my politics. And right now the line closer to a biblical, the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Wow, that that is a great axiom. Let your theology govern your politics, not your politics governing your theology. Fantastic. I, I, that's the big takeaway for me. Um, I want to read one more passage here and have a little more discussion before we close out. I'm going to go to First Thessalonians five, uh, in verses nineteen to twenty-two. And uh, it says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. So we see this passage teaching us to be people who understand, discriminate in a righteous way. And I know that discrimination, you know, is verboten for us to speak about, but really all the Bible is telling us to do is to discriminate between good and evil. And what I've seen in the church I don't know if you've seen this, Sam, but I think Mark and I both are concerned about this, is that there really seems to be a deficit of discernment um, from the pulpit um, about how to look at good and evil, right? Um, mm -hmm. And the Christ is lacking in teaching on this. And so they're ill-equipped. So the pulpits are not equipping them on how to discriminate between good and evil. And something that really shocked me was the election of Raphael Warnock to the, mm. right from Georgia? You think Georgia, Deep South, Bible Belt, you know, black people, white people in Georgia are Christian, but um, Mr. Warnock, Senator Warnock, openly declared himself to be a pro-choice pastor. I'm like, wait, a <laughs> what is a pro <laughs> a pro-choice pastor? Like, what is that? A boiling ice cube? I. I <laughs> so, Sam, how do we address this? This is sort of a church-related question. How do we address this deficit of conviction coming from the pulpit? And how do we combat false doctrine in a righteous way? 
so that we can, um, you know, sort of get the church to be focused on promoting Christian values in the public square. Yeah, well, if in fact Warnock did win and he wasn't stolen, but mm. yeah, I understand what you're saying on that pro-choice thing. Look, the Bible says in James chapter one, not many, uh, James, excuse me, chapter three, verse one, that many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. So if folks like him really believe what the word of God said, they mm. would understand that the Bible also says that judgment starts in the house of God. All these so-called mm. snakes, well, not so-called, all these snakes and these wolves in the pulpit, they're the ones going to be lying up there at the white throne judgment first. They're, they're wow. the ones that's going to have to make an account for every bad thing they said, besides the fact that we will too, but they are going to have to do it. Now, we uh, we got to remember what it said in Luke 9 23. Then he said to them, if anyone will follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. We, uh, Bible-believing disciples of Jesus Christ, have to just try to uh, call out wrong when you see it. Mm. I mean, what it, it also states, excuse me, I have my notes here. Uh, I don't want to lose my thought. That we have to call out the truth. And we, we need, you know, the, you know, the Bible says what in Hebrews that the, the word of God is sharper than a two edged sword. Yeah. The son of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So we have to, we have to call out the preachers. We have to call out the teachers. We have to call every, there was a guy that I grew up with in Pasadena, California. He became a bishop. I mean, this guy was preaching when he was five years old. When I was a teenager running the streets crazy, he was out there preaching. Mm. And then this guy, he, he became a, a bishop and a mayor and stuff. And then I remember seeing him in a picture with Obama wrapped all around him at the White House. Mm. And so I wrote him a letter and I asked him, and I, and I asked him point by point by point, how can you endorse this man who was antithetical to the word of God when it comes to marriage and the sanctity of the unborn. Mm. He, he never responded to me. So, you know, I did what I was supposed to do in, in regards to him. We need to speak out to folks that are wrong if we can tell the public the truth. Any way we can, just like you guys are trying to reach the public, I'm trying to reach the public. We challenge these folks. You know, uh, God used prophets and, 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 and he used shepherds and he used, you know, soldiers. He used all kind of folks in the Old Testament. He can use all kind of folks now. But but if we're silent, then he can't use it. Yeah, we have to speak out. We, we need to know the word of God and we need to proclaim the word of God. And there's no getting around it. And of course, we need to remember God's going to Mm. I mean, they're going to grow up together and he's he's going to bring his winnowing fork and he's going to, these folks, their day is coming, but our responsibility is to those that we can reach, we need to reach. Our, our, our responsibility isn't to bring them over the line, our, our responsibility is to help them see it, show it to them, and then they got to make the call themselves. Absolutely. Wow. Mark, you're speechless, huh? <laughs> It's been it's 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 been a it's been a we well well all three of us can agree it's been it's been a running problem you know especially from the especially from the church standpoint like for example Andrew Andrew Breitbart he he, he was quoted as saying like politics is downstream from culture yeah and, and I and I also think that and I also think that culture is downstream it's like from it's like from religion yeah and when you, it's like when you have the pulpit signing off 
on some of this leftist ideology. And it's like, and you and you sit back and you go, well, this doesn't match up scripturally. Yeah, yet you have people who will swear up and down, you know, they they are they are followers of Jesus. And as I like, and for, but 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 for some reason, there's this refusal. And and once again, Sam, I think you agree. I think you hit the nail right on the head. It's a pride. It, it's this, it's this refusal to acknowledge that you're that that the group that or the organization that you've been following is wrong. They're spiritually wrong. And some of the things that they're doing are spiritually evil, and you cannot, you refuse to reconcile that because your pride will not allow you to say, "I've been following, I've been betting on the wrong horse for mm-hmm. decades." You know, and, and you sit here and you scratch your head and you're wondering, okay, so let's just look at, I mean, just look at the look at the culture that the Democratic Party and the left basically uh, present out there. You know, um, it's like. It's just it's it goes against the Bible, and for some reason blacks are just bound and determined to not accept that and move away from it, and and instead they gleefully eat whatever eat whatever is being presented to them from the ideas like oh well no you don't want to think for yourself because they're racist, mm-hmm. and people just sign up on it and they don't even ask any questions like well why are they racist <laughs> well <laughs> well well here have have a word salad. I'm going to confuse you, you know, like pay attention to that man behind the curtain. Yes. We, we've talked a lot um, about this concept of systemic racism. Um, and Mark always says to me, well, if, if there's systemic racism, can you point to the system and tell me what it is? And I, I, I can't really. So, Sam, what do you think about this idea of systemic racism? Is, is America a systemically racist country? Well, I think the Democratic Party is systemically racist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, you going back to slavery. They wanted yeah. to keep, you know, they, they they wanted to keep folks on the plantation. They got them off the plantation. Black folks were at, at, a, at a at a fantastic pace during Reconstruction. Yeah. Until they until the Democratic Party brought in Jim Crow. Yeah. So they brought in Jim Crow and they started stifling black folks again. You know, once every even in the fifties, uh, I think it was eighty uh, percent a two parent. Yeah. Uh, and when I say two parent, I mean man and woman always. I don't talk about this other weird stuff. There was a two parent black family, uh, but then when, like I said, with LBJ's Great Society, you know, uh, I think it was Patrick Moynihan mm-hmm. that had this yeah. uh, uh, as a report on the black family in danger. He was upset because it was a twenty five percent. Of, of of only single parent households. Now we've we've flipped it. Mm. We flipped it in our media and 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 all and in the pulpit. These black pulpits, by and large, don't even talk about it. I, I talked to this black pastor once at a pulpit, and I said that you guys are concentrating on a pimple and ignoring a stage four cancer when he was talking about police shooting black folks versus black on black crime and, and abortion. Mm. I, I thought he was about to fall out of his pulpit. It was a, like a community meeting, but but see, that's what they want you to do. Mm. They want you to think emotionally. They want, you know what Stalin said. Stalin mm. said that one death, I mean, that a million deaths. Is, excuse me. He said one death is a tragedy, and a million is just a statistic. Mm-hmm. And and he he had something there because that is the same mentality they use on us. You know, a policeman kills somebody, the whole community rushes out in the street. You can shoot down 15 folks a weekend in Chicago. Oh, well, mm-hmm. do, you have, do we have any more ketchup? 
I mean, you know, nobody cares. Yeah. Because that that is a systemically racist. If you want to say systemically racist, that's systemically racist. Systemically racist is telling black folks that they need, that they can't get ID because they're too stupid. Well, they don't want to say they're too stupid, but that's what they're saying. Mm. You know, it's racist for you to get identification. So when they want to, it's projection. So mm. what they want to accuse everybody else of is actually what they are. Wow. Yeah, so but yeah. What, what, what you're suggesting is that tactically speaking, the Democratic Party and, and the left sort of moved from an overt tyranny uh, under slavery and then segregation to a covert tyranny of basically uh, duplicity and uh, pitching nice messages and pitching fear mongering. Absolutely. Absolutely. People in a mental kind of uh, slavery or a mental segregation so that they won't think for themselves because they're emotionally charged over something. Mental chains are harder to break than physical chains because you can't see them. Yeah. And that's exactly right. They, they will keep you mentally locked up. And that's why you say when free thinkers like us, when people like us will get out there and get, and see, my idea is to get people to think, not to necessarily think yeah. the way I, I think, but to open up their minds so they can. People are taught not to think rationally anymore. They're just taught to think emotionally. And then they, they just and just go along that matrix trail they're being led. Wow. And you hit the nail right on the head, Sam. I mean, it's really, it's, it's the death of critical thinking. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the idea. A great example is we were, you know, between the, between the church, between the media, you know, it's like, you know, the, like Satan, Satan, has his, Satan has been given, Satan has his tools that, that the Democratic Party embraced. You know, and and they use this, and like, and, uh, and it's they, a great example of that. Satan's got like a tool. The, yeah, it's like the technique of there's like you know this just like the whole Palestinian issue. I don't consider myself an expert on it, but what I do, what I what I do understand is when you have your when you have the media, and you have your press, and you have your schools doing doing the doing the work of keeping you angry and keeping you unfocused, was like you like you they win. Because it's like I'm too busy being angry at this to really think about that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yep, they, they they've oppressed people. Uh, they've they've figured out a way to get people to choose their own oppression. In other words, wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean exactly. I mean, it just look. I mean, just look at TV. I mean, it's like if you if you really think that that uh, that the movie like movies, television, radio. The arts—it's all about inclusivity and, and equality. Then you really haven't been paying attention, mm. because I mean, just just look at—I mean, between casting, between uh, between uh, opportunities, it's like opportunities for blacks in terms of uh, writing, directing. There's there, there's there's a handful, but when you look at the overall pic overall big picture. It's not as it's not as if there's a wide open as like a wide open path for blacks to have break through any of these, and, and but but at the same time too they're being told, well you know what it's like you know, you know it's like if you just keep you just keep striving you just keep you know I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna lower that bar just a little lower to just so you can hop over it yeah you can do it good 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 oh I'm so proud of you mm -hmm. and people don't and they, people have no idea how patronizing that is. Instead, they sit there and go, thank you, sir, may I have another. I don't <laughs> well, know. Let me, 
Well, let me say this. When was the last time you seen an intellectually cogent uh, biblical preacher in, on a mainstream uh, series that wasn't mocked? Somebody no. that can hold his own and talk articulately about the gospel or not even about the gospel, about anything else, instead of them making him look like a fool or some kind of idiot. Yeah. You're, you won't see that. We, we, they, go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, ranks, that ranks right up there with the whole idea about the just the what you were talking about, Sam, about the destruction of the family. You know, if you, if you look at a lot of these sitcoms on TV, it's, you know, the, it's like the, the woman is the celebrated intellectual. You know, it's like she keeps the family together. She, she's the she's the one that people turn to when they're looking for wisdom and support from the family. And the male is this bumbling idiot who basically just kind of stumbles around. And pretty much their only job is to pro is to procreate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and terrible image. Yeah, yeah, and that cultural standpoint, that 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 cultural myth has been moved from the TV into the into the world, and people go, "Well, yeah, that's exactly it." And it's like, no, what is wrong with you people? Where did the, 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 the Kool Aid break through the wall? <laughs> it's like you're, you're just drinking out of her, out of the pitcher. It's like. <laughs> Wow. Well, I'm I'm really glad that we could have this uh, challenging discussion. You you you've raised the bar, Sam. So before we close, is there any like you know one liner advice, any kind of thing that you would say, particularly to to Black Americans who have sort of maybe independent mindedness or free thinking or conservative values, you know, in this in this climate, is there any advice that you'd offer to them to try to really break free? Well, I'm going to say something that might be a little strange. Uh, I said, I'm going to give Satan credit. Mm. I said, because he doesn't quit. No. He doesn't quit because he doesn't have nothing to lose. So we mustn't quit because we got everything to lose. His job is to destroy us, take him down with him. He's already gone. Mm. We don't have to go. If we believe, if we call ourselves Christians, then we need to humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the word of God. Other than that, we're just wasting our time. We might as well get out there and just run the street and act like a fool, like they try to pretend we should be. But if we humble ourselves to the word of God, if, 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 if God is in control, then nothing else matters. And, mm. our, and actually, he never asked for our opinion either. <laughs> he, you know, he told us he told us that we need to obey him and make disciples for him. Mm. And, and to me, that was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me when I when I decided to let Sam go. In him, now Sam's not perfect by a long shot, but I know who's leader. I know who I follow. I'm not looking at Jesus Christ as Savior because He's Savior because He's Lord. Mm. He is the Lord of my life, and that's the way. And if we look at Him as being Lord of our life. Just like I've been, let me go real quick. I've been having a running challenge with my liberal friends. I've been asking them, and maybe one of your liberal listeners can answer this question. I've been asking them, please give me biblical justification for voting for folks whose policies are antithetical to the Word of God. Wow. I want to know that. That's if a great question. That's what I want to know. That is a that that is a great question, and it puts the responsibility of learning back on on the listener. You know, you've done the work. Now you're just challenging them to do the work. That's great. Great advice, Sam. So uh, if, if people want to follow you, what, what are your social media handles? Well, right now it's just my first. 
Samuel Tolley, T-O-L-L-E-Y. Um, they haven't kicked me off Facebook yet, so I'm still there. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm on Clout Hub, Gab.com. Uh, I plan to get on a few other social medias when they come up. And I'm starting a little, oh, also on YouTube. And okay. starting to get on Rumble, just my initials, S-E-T-3. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, I do hope that our listeners follow you on one or more of those platforms. I, I do because I, I get a kick out of it. And I really enjoy the work that you're, you're doing. I think you are, are blessing people uh, through challenging them. Well, so, you you are too. And I enjoyed this time. You too, Mark. It's been great. Oh, hey, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And really just thank you for challenging people to, dare I say, think. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, let, hey, let, go ahead. Oh, by the way, John, one more yeah. thing. Yeah, I just I just realized, man, we, we have to do this so we gotta do the self-promotion. So it's like so where it's like so why don't you put out there uh, where people if they're listening to where they can uh re read like reach out to us. Absolutely. So for our listeners out there, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash God and Government and also on the parlor.com website at God and Government. And we really appreciate uh, our guest Sam Tolly. Have a great one, brother. We will talk again. Sounds good. Take care. Yep, everyone. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.